I seem to have a special one. Welcome to this very special Football Foundry episode. This is going to be the first of seven very special episodes that are going to be released daily. That's right, daily, leading up until the new year. I am your host, James, and I am joined by my co-host in Matthew. Matthew, that's very formal. It is indeed. We're going all formal. We've got a new intro. We're doing something special, we're going formal. Anywho, hello, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hello. Um, I hope everyone out there has had a nice Christmas. We are recording this before Christmas, but as it's released, it is after Christmas and currently Boxing Day, so okay. we're taking a step into Depending the future. Depending on what time this will be released, I'm going to predict what I'll be doing at this point on Boxing Day. and I'm going to go out on a limb and say very drunk. <laughs> I imagine most people will be but um, the purpose of these special episodes are we're going to be going back and reviewing some of the most talked about um, most relivable moments in football history uh, we've got some brilliant ones lined up for you but you'll have to wait and see what's coming little clues involved in the intro that was played hmm. just then but for this one in particular, we're going to start with a huge um, topic that's kind of never-ending at the moment uh, in Jose Mourinho. Where do you even start with Jose Mourinho? Like, well, to be fair, the man's achieved so much. He's, he's obviously recently been sacked by Manchester United. Mm. Um, but... Obviously, he had the early days with Benfica and who else was it, Matt? Who what, else? Porto? No, not Porto. There was someone else that he managed as well. I can't remember the name. Who? Chelsea? No, not Chelsea. There was there was Benfica and then there was someone else and then there was Porto. But I can't remember who the other team was. Uh, he did do a bit of Barcelona with Bobby Robson. I remember that. He was a scout, then developed a bit for fruit Barcelona. I remember that, but don't know, mate. Don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, um, well, we're going to start off with his time at Porto because that's where he really, really, really came into mm. the limelight in early 2002. Um, in his first season, he completed the treble of the Portuguese Cup, the Portuguese League, and the UEFA Cup, which... First season as a, a manager of a top team like Porto is uh, quite an achievement. Uh, well, can't really complain, can you? First season in charge, you get to treble, wins their equivalent of the FA Cup, their Premiership, and the UEFA Cup in the first season. Couldn't really ask for better, could you? Mm. Some may say he was dipped as a special one. <laughs> mm, yeah. <sighs> um, in his second season, 
He managed to win the league again, so retaining that league title with Porto. Won the Portuguese Super Cup and guided Porto to Champions League glory. That would be the season where the, it was the famous Old Trafford celebrations. And get, you know, it must have been that. And I believe they'd be ooh, Monaco in the final. Yes, it was Monaco sure it was in the Monaco. final, yeah. And yeah but to be fair, this, oh, I was just going to say, this Porto team had some real good plays. And they did. It was like they had Deco, obviously, that went yeah. on to Barcelona. He brought some of these boys across to Chelsea, like Cavalio and um, yeah. uh, Paulo Ferreira was one. Mm-hmm. They had... Um, Manish was a really good centre midfielder. Oh, Jose Basingua, I think he was there as well, maybe. Oh, Vita, um, Vita Bayo was the goalkeeper there. And they had other players like uh, Benny McCarthy. And just, they had a really good team. Yeah. It, team. it was a team in the making, definitely. It's just a shame Porto yeah. couldn't obviously hold on to the majority of them players. But it, it was clear really early on that Mourinho could unlock potential in these kind of players and get them performing yeah. to the best of what they had in their locker, essentially. Absolutely. But after his, after his success with Porto, he then attracted the attention of Chelsea, who had just gone through that transition of Abramovich coming in. Yeah. And uh, a lot of money was getting flooded into the to the team. And um, this is where he announced himself as the special one in his uh, press conference when he took over as Chelsea boss. And he really started to burst onto the scene because it was, in in a sense, it was a, it was a, we'd never really seen that managerial sort of method before. The way that he spoke to the press, just his attitude towards dealing with things like that. It was Mm. a complete thing. We'd never really seen it before. Obviously, it was arrogant. It was it was full of self belief, yeah. And it was it was something we'd not seen in previous Premier League managers. They were they were confident, but they kept everything behind closed doors, and you never really got to see a sort of the feisty side of a team, yeah. so to speak. What Mourinho portrayed, um, absolutely dream for the press and like TVs yes. and stuff like this because he just gave. Um... Because you, you had your, your generic sort of managers that would just come in, just say this about the match, that about the match. But he was so put so much personality and his feelings and whatever into it. Like, yeah, it was just like you said, it was just really different and nothing that we'd really expected. So obviously, people gravitated towards it and came like, what's the right word? Not inspired, but asphyxiated on him, like the way he is, yeah. the way what yeah, he does. Yeah. So. He was always getting talked about. He was always making the papers for good and bad reasons. So, yeah. yeah. Well, nowadays we see it quite often. Like you've got characters like Jurgen Klopp, who's yeah. a really funny man, and like you see it a lot more often. It's a lot. It's it's like how football is nowadays. Yeah. But he, I feel like Mourinho was the one to really kickstart that. He was the pioneer. And people looked at Mourinho. Yeah, but it it made it quite clear early on that he had two prime targets. Yeah. One of them being Arsenal, and one of them being Man United. Yeah. Always had that feud with Man United, and it turned into one of those such like beautiful little rivalries that develop in football. Mourinho and United, and then later on his career, obviously they combine. Yeah, but it was just one of those beautiful little well, fixes. Obviously, um, United won. Him and Fergie did end up becoming really good friends. The Arsenal won, yeah. not as much. <laughs> Yeah, and Mourinho <laughs> never really got on in any way. Form of, they probably respected each other as managers. Well, to be fair, there, Mourinho did respect Wenger as a manager. He, 
to be honest. <laughs> There's definitely respect between oh, him and Ferguson, but him and Wenger, oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah, if he won. Uh, he did spend big and quick with Chelsea in his first season. He spent around £70 million, which you've got to remember back then, it was quite a bit of money to spend in. Uh, <laughs> brought in players such as Michael Essien from Lyon, yeah. Didier Drogba from Marseille, yeah. and obviously, like you said before, he pulled over Carvalho from Porto, and there were a few others amongst it as well. So current rate of inflation, £70 million, today's market would be about £14 billion. That'd get you an injured Jack Wilshere. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, in his first season for Chelsea, he won the league and the League Cup, beating Liverpool in the League Cup final, yeah. but it would only come back and haunt them in the Champions League as Liverpool went on and beat them. Um, they set records such as highest points achieved in a Premier League season and fewest goals conceded, which was only 15 goals conceded. Was that the Liverpool game at Anfield where Louis Garcia scored but didn't even cross the line? I believe so. If I remember right, I think it was that. I might be wrong, but I remember because I remember definitely sure it was Luis Garcia who scored the goal, but he never actually crossed the line, but he counted and I think it knocked him out. I think it did. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as we've established, Mourinho, he's come to a new club, won the league back-to-back in his first season. Yeah. So he's had three consecutive seasons now where he's won the domestic league title, which is an incredible achievement. Absolutely. Um, in his second season with Chelsea, he won the Community Shield against Arsenal and were top of the table from the opening weekend until the final day of the season, famously beating Man United 3-0 to secure the title, securing Mourinho's personal fourth domestic league title in a row. You can understand why he's an arrogant manager, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> it, this, this, for me, was him approaching his peak. Like... The things that he was achieving at different levels in, at different clubs yeah. with different players, and look at the players that he's managed. They've gone on to have such glorious careers. Like Drogba became a club legend. You had Michael Essien, who was one of the best holding midfielders in his prime. Yeah. Um, Carvalho, obviously one of the best centre backs yeah. of his generation. Like there's there's so many players that have all gone on, not just from Chelsea, from other teams that he's managed as well, that have all respected him in the fact yeah. that they he helped them build their careers to what they were and what they are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like he's he's done some incredible things. But in his third season, uh, his Chelsea side lost out to the league title to Manchester United, but managed to win the FA Cup, played in the new Wembley, the first final to be held there. So that's a bit of history. Uh, beating Man United 1-0 in that final as well. Bittersweet for them, though. I, I think they'd rather have won the league yeah. title than the FA Cup that year. Yeah. Especially yeah. considering Mourinho was on a, a streak of league titles. He'll probably be, probably was, I should say, very disappointed at the fact that he's lost his little run there. Yeah, yeah indeed. Um, There was, leading into his third season, there was a lot of speculation about him and Abramovich and the fact that um they were really starting to fall out and they weren't there was there was like a feud building mm. and uh after they lost out to the league title they, they didn't start off brilliantly in his fourth season in charge yeah. and um he ended up leaving chelsea by mutual consent in september 2007 yeah. so the abramovich and Mourinho pairing was to be no more but 
he moved on to Inter Milan in June 2008. Yeah, man. So he pretty much missed out on a full season away from football. Yeah. Uh, became the manager in Inter Milan and won the league title in his first season. The Supercoppa Italiana in his first season. And got knocked out of the rounds of 16 groups, uh, round of 16 <laughs> stage in the Champions League. To who, Matt? Who do you think they got knocked out to? United? It was indeed Manchester United. Oh. So that feud, he keeps coming back to bite him yeah. constantly. Wherever he goes, Manchester United are involved along his history. Yeah. Like, it's, it's actually quite a, a nice kind of story in a way that they've sort of always been involved wherever he's been. They've always been involved. Yeah. And then United have the always been intertwined into Mourinho's history and his destiny. Well, until now, without always been sacked by United, but yeah, yeah. Um, the the board and stuff. Although they won the league and the cup, <clears throat> they really weren't happy. A lot of the fans weren't happy either in Milan because of their Champions League performances. They'd not done too well in the group stage, and then to go out in the first knockout stage, yeah, <clears throat> with the players that they had at hand as well, was um. It didn't go down too well with the fans. So if Mourinho was to keep the fans on side, Champions League was a priority. And as we know, Mourinho got Porto to win the Champions League, so he's capable of doing Absolutely. it. Um, like they made a lot of signings the second season. Yeah, for Inter, and a lot of big names started coming in and also leaving as well. Yeah. He had like Zlatan leave for. Samueletto coming yeah. in. Exchange, yeah, yeah. Schneider coming in. Thiago Motta, Diego Melito. Yeah. Like, oh, there's some big names that were coming into the club. Yeah, yeah. And then you've also got the club veterans that were also there in Javier Zanetti, Stankovic as well. Yeah, um, there were a bunch of others in that team as well. It's a really strong all round team. It's like when Italians were at the peak for um, European yeah. football, they were really on top. Um, but yeah, seriously strong team and became a massive force to like for any side really to come up. Yeah. Um, they then went on to achieve one of Mourinho's most personal highlights of his career, and it was beating Chelsea, his former side, in the Champions League quarter final. Not only did they win at home, they also won away at Stamford Bridge one 0 yeah. which left it as a three-one aggregate win. Um, they then went on to beat holders Barcelona in the semi-final and secured the place in the final of the Champions League, going on to beat Bayern Munich 2-0. Along with his domestic league title and major cup, completed the treble. Also meant he'd won every trophy available to him in Serie A. So in his second season, he'd won everything that was available to him. Perfect time to finish. Incredible, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Absolutely impressive. So that. he'd done it in England. He'd won every trophy available to him in England. Yeah. He'd won, I believe, he won every trophy available to him in um, Portugal. Portugal, yeah. right? Done it in Italy. Like he's conquering each league that he can at the minute. Yeah. And uh, rightly so, only some of the best teams would come sniffing and knocking on that door to try and snap him up. Of course. And which big team snapped him up, Matt? Carlisle. <laughs> oh, my God. 
It's a big I knew, team. I knew you'd find a way to wiggle them in. I tried to tried to before, but you cut us off too quickly. I think you're like, I was going to say Carl. You're like, nope, straight on. I was like, right, cool. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, Real Madrid. Real Madrid, indeed. I'm guessing. Yes. Um, 2010 saw him uh, take charge of Real Madrid, where he was actually viewed as a Galactico, the term that's more commonly associated with the players, not necessarily the managers. Yeah. But with what he's achieved... I can't argue with it, really, up to this point. Wow. Achieved far too much in football to not be considered a Galactico. Yeah. Um, in his first season, he did manage to get beat 5-0 by Barcelona in his first El Clasico mm. at home as well. Mm. That's, that's a bad result. Um, the Real Madrid president, because that's what they call them out there, um, <laughs> said that that was the worst defeat in the history of the club. The 5 0 home defeat, which is uh, doesn't look too well for Mourinho, but it guided them to a win over Barcelona in the Copa del Rey final, ending an 18 year drought. So they won the trophy for the first time in 18 years, which is, considering it's Real Madrid, is a massive amount of time to not have won that trophy. Yeah, absolutely. Like, a very long time. Which brings us on nicely to his second season. So he only got the one trophy in that one, but in his second season, Real Madrid won the league title for the first time in four seasons, breaking multiple records in the process. Yeah. Most points in a top-flight European season of 100 points is the most notable of those. Yeah. Um, they got knocked out in the Champions League semi-finals to Bayern Munich, in which Ian Robin former Chelsea player of his had a massive yeah. hand in that happening but Martin. second season is is won the league um record breaking league win yeah. as well um so you you'd, you'd think he's established himself in Spain now as like a a top draw manager again yeah of course uh, which brings us on nicely to the 2012-13 season we're getting closer and closer. <laughs> Madrid won the Supercopa de España on away goals after drawing 4-4 on aggregate against Barcelona. Yeah. What a game. <laughs> well, what two games, should I yeah. say. Um, meaning in two seasons, he'd won all available trophies as a manager in the Spanish top tier. So again, he's conquered Spain now. Conquers everywhere he's been, like, doesn't he? Though, like, yeah, what what more can he do realistically? Because obviously he'd won the Premiership, he won La Liga, he's won Syria. Like the only country he didn't really attempt was um, Germany to try and get a Bundesliga, yeah, like that under his belt. Maybe, maybe we'll, but yeah, we'll see him head over there. Possibly, we don't know yet. Um, he did become the only coach to win the National Super Cups in four different European countries and also meant he was the first manager to win each domestic league title, major cup, super cup and league cup, if available, across four countries. This is a very massive, That's massive huge. achievement right. that often gets overlooked. Some people struggle to, to do that on like football manager the game, let alone real life. Where it's obviously a lot harder yeah. to do, so that's it's incredible that. Incredible. See, the, the the thing as well that people probably won't take into account is Real Madrid were never quite Barcelona oh. to me. 
Um, and he took over Real Madrid at a time where Real were were stretching Barcelona and really starting to press them for the titles, yeah. for the cups, etc. And it's always been a, a close battle, but Real Madrid edged it whilst Mourinho was there. And when you go back to Italy as well, a lot of people think nowadays Italy is a one-horse race, yeah. essentially. It's Juventus all the way. But back then you had AC Milan, you had yeah. Inter Milan, you had Juventus, you had all sorts of different teams pushing on. Well, like it wasn't yeah, as easy as it is now. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, so fame to do that, especially the one in Italy, is a, a big deal. Absolutely. And like oh, four yeah, domestic yeah, league titles in four different countries. That is an achievement and a half, that. It is. Crazy indeed. Um after achieving all that in the 12-13 season, um, they won the Super Copper Cup and that meant he'd achieved all the trophies that were available to him. Yeah. Um, he actually deemed that season the worst of his career. Fair enough. Like, Super Copper obviously being like Community Shield type yeah. thing here. Um, that's all they won that yeah. season. So it's right at the beginning of the season and they didn't really go on to achieve much that season yeah, in yeah. league or any other cup. Um, so he deemed it the worst of his season and left by mutual agreement, which brings us back to Chelsea. Okay. Came back to Chelsea. And um, they never, in his first season, they never really set the world alight. No. But they were always in the mix. Like to to win the title, they finished third, yeah. just four points off eventual winners. Obviously, City that season. Yeah, of course. Um, and all season he was playing down the title hopes, claiming that it was like a um a transitional sort of season where he was trying to find the best players in best positions and etc. and trying to mold the team to his style yeah, of again. Course. So um, it's just a case of obviously him coming back to the club where obviously time had passed, not all. Well, these twelve players have probably gone to that, that point. It was just a career case of him rebuilding his Chelsea team to fit his mould, which is, which he did at all the other clubs so successfully. So you can understand why he thought it was a very yeah. traditional, se- uh, transitional season. I should say not traditional. <laughs> exactly. Um, this season also saw his unbeaten home record as Chelsea manager come to an end. Hundred percent unbeaten run at Stamford Bridge as Chelsea manager came to an end that's to Sunderland of all teams as well absolute shower <laughs> but um, that's impressive itself because obviously his first spell how, how many seasons was he there for three was it three seasons he um, three yeah I think he did three so that's uh, 1938 can't be bothered to work yourself um, fifty-seven has fifty-seven home matches at least unbeaten. It's on the bounce. Crazy, isn't it? Crazy. Um, in his second season with Chelsea, he's well, his second stint in his second season with Chelsea. Um, it marked a special one, as the fourteen-fifteen saw the return of the club legend that was Didier Drogba. Mm. Uh, Chelsea were en route to a quadruple. That's right, a quadruple. But their hopes of achieving it were taken away after a shock defeat to Bradford in the FA Cup in January 
So Chelsea eliminated in quite some style, getting beat four two at yeah, home. I remember this to Bradford. I remember the, actually remember this game. It was mental. They went on to beat Liverpool, didn't they? Or was it the other way around? They beat Liverpool then Chelsea. Uh, can't remember the no. Well, it kind of beat Liverpool because it's the third round of the FA Cup. I'm guessing if it was in oh no, well the fourth round's the last weekend in January. Thirds in the first weekend. I, I can't remember. I know they beat uh, Chelsea and Liverpool that season. I know that much. Liverpool might have been after, but I don't know. I can't remember. But it was an incredible thing for Bradford, that. Because didn't Bradford get to a final and get absolutely banked by Swansea? Was that not... I think they might have. I don't think that was the FA Cup, but I think that could have been the League Cup. I don't know. I think I could have been stuff up here. But yeah... (laughs) I don't know. But Bradford did really well in the cup yeah. run. <laughs> um, Chelsea obviously uh, went on to win the league cup. I'll just say that again because I've yeah. lost. Uh, Chelsea did go on to win the league cup against Spurs, beating them 2-0, and they won the league title with three games to spare and only losing three matches all season. So that that formidable force that he likes to build with his teams in that second yeah. season has really come into shape. Definitely got them back to um, the beat of his own drum, like the way that he likes to see them play. Yeah, they, they look well. Obviously, they look good. They won the they won the title that season. So yeah, they were definitely back to the Mourinho best that season. Yeah, definitely so. Um, along came the fifteen sixteen season, which. <sighs> It was just a mess this yeah. season. Clubs were everywhere. Like, obviously, it's the season Leicester went on to win the league, but my God, what a shambles everyone was! <laughs> <laughs> um, Chelsea ended up losing nine out of sixteen league games and getting knocked out of the League Cup on penalties to Stoke. Yeah. Um, and by that time, the club announced that Jose and Chelsea were to part ways by mutual consent. It was a calamity this season. There was a whole physio incident where oh he yeah, it was the last one. Yeah, and that. yeah, and Hazard being non-existent all season, like it was a real travesty. Yeah, of a show he somehow lost the team, even though they won the title the last season. The team just weren't playing for yeah. them whatsoever. So if you lose the team, they're not going to play for you. Like it's just pretty much why the Man United as well. To be true, that's why the. Man United have been so bad under Mourinho. Never really had the team back in, yeah. but that's what's happened here. And they kept trying to keep making players scapegoats because I remember him like just ridiculing Eden Hazard and bits and pieces like that. It wasn't good. And I think it was I don't think it was really mutual content. I think Chelsea sacked him, but it was just a case of covering it up. Yeah. But yeah, because he is a club legend oh, yeah, at Chelsea. Yeah, There's no is. denying that. So they they don't want the bad press of they've sacked their club legend sort of thing. Like he's, and I'm pretty sure they'll have understood it as well because they were really, really, really poor that season. Um, yeah, they struggled. To I remember win. them hovering around the relegation yeah. zone for parts of that season to start with. Yeah. They were that bad. It seems to be the curse that he's picked up nowadays. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But after all that. Along came Manchester United. His dream job. He's said it multiple times at pretty much every club that he's managed, bar Chelsea. But whilst he's been at other teams, yeah. he said Manchester United would be his dream job. Um, Ferguson was obviously there for quite some time whilst he was managing the other yeah. teams, and he he openly said like, um, the only way that I would get the Manchester United job 
would be if Ferguson left or retired. There, there yeah. wouldn't be any way that they'd replace him with um, Mourinho, and he knew that himself because obviously, we, like we spoke about before, the respect that they had for one another. Mourinho yeah. obviously saw Ferguson as one of the world's best coaches, and he knew that there was going to be no way that they'd chuck Ferguson out and get Mourinho in. He knew that for a oh, fact. Absolutely, like there's no reason. Like there's only one point in in Fergie's career at United. He was on the verge of getting sacked, and that was like really yeah, early days. Like till, extremely early goals. Yeah. I think Mark Robbins scored and won him the FA Cup or something like that, and he pretty much saved his job. Then the rest is history. Twenty titles and all the rest of the Ferguson, which is phenomenal. But they were never going to sack him. No. So yeah, it was it was definitely a case of Ferguson hanging up his managerial boots and allowing someone else to succeed him. So the sixteen seventeen season. Now <laughs> he started off really well. We United. I'm not going to deny it. They won the Champions. Uh, Community Shield, sorry, not champions. Community Shield against uh, title holders Leicester. Uh, they yeah. also managed to win the English Football League Cup against Southampton, beating them 3-2, which meant Mourinho became the first Manchester United manager to win a major trophy in his debut season. Which is quite remarkable. I'll be honest, I don't think a, I don't think a Man United fan would actually really class that as a, as a successful season or a good season. Like Community Shield is a I, glorified friendly in the League Cup. Majority of the big clubs don't even play the strongest squad in that. I get so. what you're saying. I really get what you're saying, but in comparison to Van Hal and uh, David Moyes, Moyes, it it was a better season than the rest. <laughs> Um, true. Okay, I'll give you that. Because obviously, being the European mastermind that he is, he also guided United to that Europa League final win over Ajax two nil, yeah. maintaining his one hundred percent European Cup final wins. That was a good result for them. To yeah. Be fair, that so I'll it got that. got him Champions League football. Yeah, it got him yeah, Champions League. Considering didn't they finish sixth that season in the league? So, yeah. Some of, they didn't do great in the league season. No, he pretty yeah. much put all his eggs in his um, eggs in one basket to win the Europa League that season because there was no way he was qualifying for the Champions League through league position. Yeah, if I remember rightly, that season. Yeah, so it, it like you say, has obviously gone full on for the uh, Europa League, but it won it. He got it got what he wanted. He got the Champions League football back from Man United, who not had it for a couple of seasons. Yeah. Um, like he took over United at that really dark spell. It gave them that glimmer of hope, and then snatched it away again. <laughs> <laughs> but this is brings... what you could have but you know what you're not having it we're going <laughs> back to rubbish yep and that brings us on nicely to last season which uh, United finished second in the league to a very dominant City side and lost in the final of the FA Cup to Chelsea they also went out to Sevilla in the Champions League round of 16 after losing 2-1 on aggregate it was despite finishing second a poor, poor, poor season. The place mm-hmm. jump in the league is good. Don't get me wrong, but the football that was being played and produced was negative. Yeah, a team of United standards should not be getting knocked out by Sevilla in the Champions League. No disrespect to Sevilla, United should be walking them. Well, it's like this season with them should be beating Valencia and teams like that. They yeah. should be beating them. But losing the final to Chelsea, that that can happen, but. No, no. Yeah, poor season. We spoke yeah. about it, obviously, on the podcast last season. <laughs> um, yeah. And which, it brings us nicely, to be fair, to present day. 
where he's sacked. He's currently signing on. Yep, he's in door office. Sign on. Sign on. Behind Mark Hughes. <laughs> he's the second Premier League second this season. And yeah. don't want to blow his own trumpet, but I'm pretty sure we said that he'd be gone by Christmas, did we not? Wouldn't surprise us, mate, but I don't think that was really a hard prediction. No, no. It <laughs> the the thing that's really funny about it is he's obviously been sacked um on the eighteenth. Came out eighteenth uh, of December. And yeah. he um not he, sorry, everyone is now in shock about it. But for the past year, maybe year and a half, everyone's wanted him out yeah. of the club. And now they're all shocked about it. It's it's same as when Arsene Wenger left Arsenal. It's it's the timing. Yeah, it's just not like because we don't know who the new manager is yet. It's literally like the recordings happened this morning, so it's obviously Michael Carrick's in charge for two days. Then we're getting another manager for the end of the till the end of the season. Then they're going to be hiring someone unless the the second interim manager's really good job. It was just. Obviously, the Liverpool result must be in the final straw that broke the camel's back in that, but... But they can't... Surprising the, the, the thing that's really annoying time. is they can't use that result against him. Use the Newcastle 3-2 result against him. Like, why did they go 2-0 down in the first yeah. 10 minutes? The well, next... on, the, on the other side of the Liverpool game is, though, because obviously that he's had such a fallout with Paul Pogba, you refused to play him, you refused to bring him on in a match where if Paul that. Pogba was playing well, he could have, well, wins a push, but... <laughs> It could have put in a better performance because obviously in that match, I think Liverpool had 36 shots, Man United had naffle, yeah. Liverpool battered possession. And this is meant to be like Man United is meant to be one of the biggest clubs in England, and Liverpool yeah. haven't been for the last 20 plus years. And this is now might be their year, God help us <laughs> as, all. As much as it hit, pained you to say it, yeah, um, God help us. Yeah, I, I get your point with that, but Pogba's not put a good show in for, for months. Months and months, yeah, Pogba's not Pogba. That's, that's down to his relationship with Mourinho, though. I know Pogba, sh- Pogba should still be playing for the team and whatnot, and he could definitely have put himself better across in this club and the way he's... Like, did, did you see the thing, like, again, this is live today, he got sacked. Like, you see the Instagram post he put on this morning and then quickly deleted as soon as Mourinho got sacked. Pogba's face, yeah. Yeah, like, that's he's obviously, that's a smirk hidden in that picture, yeah, like, thinking... But right. does does this now, now that they've sacked Mourinho, it's never been the Manchester United way to sack someone power through a season. Never has been. Right. Um, does this now, in a sense, make Paul Pogba... Um, how to word it? There was always more the argument... More powerful in the club than Mourinho? Yeah, yeah. Does it mean that Paul Pogba is a more powerful influence than... The manager. No, I don't think that's the case. Because if any manager's coming into that club knows how Pogba's acted, like to Mourinho, he's going to be dead cautious of Pogba to start with. So you might still see Pogba leaving. To be truthful, because who's which manager in that club's going to come in and trust him the way he's been with Pogba, oh. unless it's someone that he knows already, maybe. So because there's a lot of talk today, because. It's to be musical, like musical chairs, which managers it could be like. But at the moment, I think the last I heard, Lauren Blanc's favourite. Yeah, Lauren favourite. Obviously, like you've said, we're, we're recording on the same Former day. Man United it's, player, French. And yeah. it's, it's obviously the same day yeah. that the news has 
come out that we're recording this and um, there could be a new manager announced within the space for it being released on Boxing Day. But um, who is an ideal fit? Because there's a huge shout for Poch to come in. They won't, they won't get him till the end of the season. If they, if they get Poch, it won't be, it won't be this season. Be I don't even... Pre-season next year. He's the, perfect, he's the perfect type of manager for I think he's a perfect choice. But perfect choice, Poch. The, the thing that... that um, that I want to try and argue is I don't think he'll want the job. And let me try and explain this to you, see if you can get on board with it. He's the perfect fit, like I've just said. I do agree that he'd do a brilliant job there, but what he's building at Spurs at the minute um, could go on to achieve some great things. Providing he keeps getting the best out of the players and develops on that squad, he has got it set up for him. Just needs to bring in a few more players to strengthen that bench. United needs a full overhaul. It needs... Mm -hmm. A good four defenders minimum to make that back line better. Um, you've got to get some more creativity in that midfield. You've got to get someone up front with Lukaku who's going to keep him confident mm. and just keep him motivated and put pressure on him because there is no one to pressurise Lukaku in his starting place. So when he has games like he does have against Liverpool and he hides and he he's not involved in the game, you can't drop him for three weeks and play someone else because there's no one else to compete with that position. Um, and I feel if Poch didn't go for the Real Madrid job, I know he didn't necessarily get offered it, but he never showed interest in it either. Yeah, he did say he would love to manage Real Madrid one day, but maybe he doesn't feel like that's his time. Maybe he wants to stick with Spurs, see where he ends up, and see what he can get done with Spurs. So I feel if he was going to take another job, it'd be a damn sight more prestigious job than what United can offer him at minute because that's a complete re- rebuild from the ground up mm-hmm. for me. I don't know I get, how you see it, but... I get what you're saying. Um, it's well known about Tottenham's financial limitations that um, Daniel Levy imposes on Pochettino. Um, Man Un- uh, Tottenham are a better team, but Man United are a bigger club. I think Man United's got more potential to go and expand and give Pochettino more opportunities of winning Champions League football, winning premierships yeah. because they've got the history and they've got more of a financial backing than Tottenham have. The argument is there, though, Tottenham have got a brand new stadium that might bring in more money. I believe he might loosen his purse strings and allow him to buy some big top names. Because mm-hmm. I could see him being tempted by Man United, but I also I do understand your point. Like He's building something with his Tottenham team, but if Tottenham it, this season don't win anything of value again, they're going to end up start losing Harry Kane. I know Harry that, Kane's a Tottenham lad through and through, yeah. but he's going to get to a point where he's going to win trophies. Like the last striker that's probably in a similar position was him was Alan Shearer. Yeah, but um, he did stay at Newcastle yeah. all those years. He actually turned down Man United when he left Blackburn for fifteen mil. Yeah, he, but to be fair to Shearer, he did get one Premiership title at Blackburn. But yeah, like. I get your point. If Spurs don't win anything, especially this season, they are going to start losing some players or losing a big player that yeah. they're going to have to replace. But if they do win something, I think that will mean that Poch will stay. Yeah. And he, he will carry it on. I feel if they don't win anything, he might consider leaving. Not necessarily to Manchester United, but he would consider his options. Um. And there's some there's some decent managers that could come in after Poch as well, but that's that's a different story. Um, regarding Mourinho, though, we'll go back to Mourinho himself. 
Um, where's next for him? I'm saying we've we briefly mentioned it earlier. Bundesliga, 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 Bundesliga. Maybe because believe yeah. it or not, Hassan Huttle, manager of Southampton, was approached by Bayern Munich before Southampton, and he declined the job saying he didn't feel he was ready for such a prestigious job just yet. Okay. So maybe we could see Mourinho pop over to Bayern Munich? I don't know if Bayern would want to touch him the way he's been managing Man United recently. Well, but you don't know, Bayern do you? haven't been doing too brilliantly this season either because they're like, no. what, nine or ten points away from Dortmund or something? Well, Sancho FC, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sancho FC, oh, but but yeah, um, Bayern aren't looking the f- formidable force that they once were. Um, but there's better players at his disposal. There, he's got two defenders, well, more than two defenders that he can actually work with. Um, like you, you never know, he could he could end up popping over there. Hey, you just a, don't know, do you? Yeah. You just don't know. Imagine if he did it in five different. European countries winning every trophy available to him. That'd be mental. And then, and then literally sat back and went, "I'm the special one," and just never managed in football ever again. Yeah, that's yeah. it's that's the dream. It, it'd be incredible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that wraps us up nicely. That is the first episode of the seven specials we are currently doing. Uh, Like we said, we hope you had a lovely Christmas. And stay tuned for tomorrow's episode where we will be talking about something rather remarkable, won't we, Matthew? Yes, James. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So, would you like to say goodbye, Matt? Goodbye, Matt. And it's goodbye from me as well. I think I'm a special one. is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or BritpodScene on Twitter to find out more.